I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics from personal stories to hot button issues. We cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi! Welcome to Scam Wow! I'm Caitlin Brodnick. I'm Sue Smith. And we love scams. We love scams. Love Guys, scams. we love scams. We love you. Welcome to another episode of Scam Wow. Here we are. You guys are our lifeline. <laughs> Not to put too much pressure on you, but <laughs> you listeners are really keeping us going. Um, shout out to Lydia, one of our great friends who we've talked about here, who's been an amazing guest. She will text us after an episode. <laughs> and it's just really fun because sometimes, you know, we gab, we talk, and then I forget that I talked all about snail cum and putting it all over my face in the last episode. But Lydia reminded me. I love when people text, they're listening to the episode and they text about something you totally forgot that you told the internet about. Love. Completely forgot that I told everybody we talked yes. to that I yes. love putting snail cum on my face. And I do, guys. I have some on right now. Yeah. I do think it's making my face better. I am believing the hype. Good. Good I for you. I just spent way too much money on other Korean skincare products because... That's, you know, that, that's where that's I am where right now at. in this yeah, pandemic. That's where you're at. Yeah. That's okay. Um, how is your, how was your week going? The week wasn't great. No. <laughs> I will say. The week, guys, the week is fine. But the week is slowly progressing. I feel that everybody's slowly coming back to what life will be like after quarantine. And there's these meeting up with more people and having more connections and that was tough for me this week. It's really, the re-entry is not easy. You know what I mean? It's mm. like you're on thong. You've been David Blaine in a block of ice cube for 20, for a year. You I've know? totally been blamed. Yes. You've been, I've been blamed. blamed. And yeah. 
<laughs> and I had two events with friends. I had one Zoom event and one where I went to my friend's house who I hadn't seen. You're brave. You're brave. It was too much. It was too, too much. <laughs> it was really too much. I was like, you know what? I have my little routine now. I finally like figured out, got my meds right, got my self-help yeah. books right. Like You I'm prepared yourself proof. for this, for this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had to deal with other people's thoughts and feelings. <laughs> and oh I will my tell God. you, oh my God. gave me way more anxiety than I ever thought. You're like, put me back in that block of ice. Put me back. Get me back. Freeze yeah. my face off. Like I need, I need my snail come in my bed with my pillows mm-hmm. and I don't need to mm-hmm. deal with anything else. I'll tell you what, we tried to go to a restaurant last night. And whoa, whoa, whoa. I know, I know for the first time in with the ages. Um, oh God, no. Um, okay. <laughs> I was like, cause that's suicide. <laughs> oh no, I've never tried that yet. No, um, it's so hard. But they were packed. We went to three different <gasps> restaurants and there was a wait of over an hour at all three restaurants. See, like, and that would stress me out so much. Like I, I kind of want to be the only one tipping my foot in dipping my toe in the pond i don't want to be there with everybody else's feet in that pond no but i'm fully vaxxed and ready to go baby i'm ready i'm vaxxed just throw me in that dirty pond i'm ready for (laughs) it i am i guess i liked the exclusivity which translates to complete fear during covid (laughs) like right right, right. if you went anywhere it was like the off chance that nobody else would go and it's like nice and quiet and there's nobody rushing you but the second that we're all vaxxed you're back into standing in line you're back into like rushing and Every restaurant that we tried had a wait of over an hour, every single one. And we're like, I hate that. And I'm like, no, I'm not waiting. (laughs) Like, I will never wait. I will never wait. She'll never wait, guys. She's a New Yorker. She'll never wait. I will never wait. wait. Doesn't matter where you put her, she's not going to wait for it. And even, and the one, the restaurant, the lady was like, well, we'll put you on a, it's 45 minutes. We'll put you on a list in case we have a cancellation. And I was like, nope, I'm good. 45 minutes too long. <laughs> too long. I don't have too 45 minutes. minutes. No. No. You need that Disney Fast Pass. Just like click you right in. I want it without paying for it. I want to scam my way into a Fast Pass. That makes oh, sense. we want yeah. to scam me Fast Pass for sure. Speaking <laughs> of which, we have a new Patreon patron this month. Oh, welcome. It is Ariella. Welcome, Ariella. Thank you very Ariella, much. Ariella, thank you so much for joining our club, hearing all about our deep, deep, dark secrets mm-hmm. and Sue's birth story. <laughs> and my birth story, yes. I do have a scam for her as well. Okay. I have been ordering things online because I am much larger than I was pre-pregnancy. So I've been ordering clothes. Of course. And ordering bathing suits. And mm-hmm. um, you know, when you first visit a website, they're like, get $20 off, 20% off your first order. Yes. And then you click on it and you're like, I'm not entering my email. Go fuck yourself. Rid-. Yes. And then when you're ready to check out, you're like, where's that 20%? You know what I mean? I wish I had that 20%. Um, Start a new incognito window and then go back and then you can get the code. Yeah. Sue, that is a valuable scam. (laughs) Thank you. That is a great scam for our Patreon. Yes, that's amazing. Incognito. Because you can also do incognito on your phone. I've also read that you can, um, if if you do it, if you're on your computer and you can grab your phone and you can go on off Wi-Fi and be on cellular service and go to that website and it also sort of works that way. (gasps) Good to know. That's here's a bonus, guys. That's also for when you go to a um like if you go to Washington Post or if you go to like something that has now or that has suddenly like locked you out, like New York Times, where you can't you have to be a subscriber. You can do the you can try incognito and you can try signing on and off of um your Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi and trying to do cellular service. It also works for airline tickets too because they adjust the price based on whether you've looked at it or not. Oh hell yeah! Wait, if they've if you've looked at it. Is it up more? I think it goes up more. 
Fuck you, airlines. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck off. Guys, <laughs> this is going to be a great episode, though. <laughs> Thank you for being our Patreon patron. Um, and if you want to hear any more juicy stories like all of our medication dosages, um, doses, doses, and how soon I feel about Target, that's you can find that all on our Patreon. Yeah, you want to hear my husband and I like me bullying my husband into telling me what an NFT is. Yeah, you you got to get in there. Got to get in there. Should we bring our guest on? Just yes, I'm so in. excited. Oh, it's too. like we're doing we do this chat of prep. We'd love to check in, but I'm like, I just want to talk with our guests because we're such fangirls. We are fangirls. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please welcome, welcome Gabrielle, Gabrielle Bluestone. Bluestone. Welcome, Gabrielle. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Gabrielle is a journalist and longtime journalist. I've been following her work for many years since the old Gawker days. She's been, of course, on Gawker, New York Times, Washington Post, all over. She was an executive producer of the Netflix Firefester Festival documentary, if you can and believe. And featured in it. You'll know her from that. Yes, you'll know her for that. And she has a new book out called Hype, How Scammers, Grifters, and Con Artists, Con, con Artists are Taking Over the Internet and Why We're Following. Oh, yes. So excited is you're here. Perfect. Our listeners are just foaming at the mouth. Chef's kiss. <laughs> just mwah. We cannot wait. Mm, that's great. Thank you so much for joining us, Gabrielle. It is a true pleasure to be among people who genuinely love scams. I feel like I'm with my people. Oh, yes. Adore. Do you feel adore. you yourself are a scammer? Do you feel like akin to the scammers that you talk about? Um, I'm not quite that good. I have this like uh, um I can't stop myself sometimes from blurting out the truth, especially sure. when it's like not convenient necessarily yeah. or awkward, whichever way you want to go with that. Um, <laughs> Same. But, you know, I, it, I started thinking a lot about it writing this book because I think even in like very small ways, we are all kind of scammers. I think about this a lot with mm -hmm. Instagram and how you're mm -hmm. always presenting a very idealized version of your life and the picture that you look the best in and nobody has to know mm -hmm. about the other 20 pictures. Um, so on that level, yeah. I think about that quite often. Do <laughs> you think Instagram as a whole is a scam? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like LinkedIn for your personality, right? And who isn't yeah. fudging their really resume? Well that is How good. really well said. Yeah. And curating like the visual, the visual format of it, like not only your personality, but your aesthetic, your look, your yeah. literal nose, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you can be constantly reshaping it. Yeah, a scam. I, I think about that a lot with like the Khloe Kardashian picture that came out like a week or two ago that showed just yes. her actual body and the panic that ensued because of that. It's kind of wild. It looked like her. It looked like vintage Khloe. So but good. it also looked like a part. So, guys, in case you you didn't know about this, so Khloe Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian <laughs> posted a picture of herself. Um, didn't mean to post a picture. Apparently, her grandmother did, and it was just an actual picture of her real body. And the pictures she was she did post were adjusted or filtered, heavily filtered. And the picture that was the original picture just looked like a person body. But it, it looked like her when you look of old like old school pictures of her. It's it like, normal. oh, there she is. Yeah. Completely normal. And she did this thing where she would like all the Kardashians do, they sort of like blur out their stomachs while also giving themselves a six pack. It's very confusing and it doesn't look like skin. It looks like they put rubber bodysuit on and then a bikini. But didn't she sue someone for posting that or something? 
I think they, they pulled a copyright claim, so they issued a bunch of cease and desists, but it was to, like, Reddit users and, you know, like, Instagram fan accounts. Like, people were celebrating mm-hmm. her, but the idea mm-hmm. of people knowing what she really looks like, I guess, was, like, that horrifying. That gave me a lot of pause. Wild. Well, also, and she, there was this sort of thing, they called it a similar to the Streisand effect, that if she had never said anything, it would have been blown over. But because they made such a huge deal about it and sent that cease and desist, everybody's like, wait, now I have to find out what she's talking about and freaked out even more. Mm-hmm. She should have just kept it a little quiet. What's the Streisand effect? I've never heard this term before. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> the Streisand effect refers to Barbara Streisand had a house, I believe, in Santa Barbara, like this beautiful cliffside house. And she was adamant about nobody knowing what the aerial view of it looks like. And I forget if it was like Google Maps or some other sort of mapping thing. But she like staged this legal fight to try and get it removed from the Internet, which had the alternate or the opposite effect of um, making everybody look at it. So anytime that somebody inadvertently blows up their spot in that way, it's referred to as the Streisand effect. That's so funny. That's like when you you learn in improv, when you're doing scenes, anytime you refer to something or a character, that person has to show up. So it's like if you're referring to this house, then it's like people are going to look at your house, idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, idiot. idiot. <laughs> They're going to look at your house. That's um, amazing. So I read that you're a lawyer as well. Yes. <laughs> How does that what kind of lawyer are you and how does that affect the way that you look at all these scams? Um, I am a non-practicing but licensed lawyer. Um, basically, I had majored in journalism as an undergrad, had no idea that that was a career you could still actually do um, and freaked out and was like, I have to, you know, figure out something to do in life. So I went to law school. Um, and while I was in law school, Gawker put out like an ad for weekend writers. And I kind of just have one of those like, ah, why not moments and sent it out, never expecting anything to happen. And like idiots, they hired me and changed my whole life. Um, So, but I had been focusing on criminal law. That's what I wanted to do. You know, well before I wrote journalism, I was fascinated by, you know, the psychology and and the effect that these people have. Um, So I actually interned for the Kings County District Attorney's Office while I was working at Gawker, um, interning in the Special Narcotics Bureau, which was crazy. It was basically just like The Wire. Um, And one of my favorite scammer stories was actually the intern coordinator there who was arrested a few years later because (gasps) she had been forging judges' signatures on wiretap warrants to wiretap her married cop boyfriend who she was convinced had been cheating on her with someone else in the office. It's a crazy story. Um, She was a lovely intern coordinator, though. (laughs) I kind of feel like that's an okay scam. She's there with all that availability. She knows all about (laughs) wiretapping. She's in on the stuff she's like let's just let's just do it on her let's see if he's cheating i don't know would you do that scam uh i think that's that you know you're serving real jail time for that one so (laughs) yeah okay jail sure the jail of it all and the disbarment part kind of sucks yeah okay 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 but if there were no consequences i mean (laughs) it's like being a literal fly on the wall who wouldn't want to know what people are saying right always saying but was he cheating on her is the question you know, they didn't put that in the court documents, but it sure sounded like it. 
They should have Barbara Streisand that. I really wanted to know. <laughs> so funny. Um, so you've covered all these, like, the most notorious scammers. Elizabeth Holmes, Billy, Holmes, Billy McFarland, Adam Newman from WeWork. Do you think that they're liars or do you think that they just kind of believe what they're doing? Like, do they have bad intentions or are they... I don't know if there's like a necessarily a malice there. Like I, de- I think they definitely are like, you know, getting high on their own supply. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it matters to them necessarily if they are able to follow through on what they're saying, just that people mm. believe it. Um, mm. and I think that's like the, the, the trait that they all share in common. Like they just, they don't care. They want the patina of success. They don't necessarily care about mm. the actual achievements of it. Because there's nothing like that verified Instagram check. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it changes people's <laughs> lives. And it's so crazy because I feel that that has so much power, which is you talk about a lot in your book, so much power, the, mm-hmm. the concept of what people think about you, mm-hmm. that it's almost more powerful than the financial side. But you also need the financial side. <laughs> the, well, the social media element, especially like I find like I still am surprised, I guess, by how far people will go. Um, there was a TikTok going around today of a girl, um, who had once pretended to have someone over to like make someone jealous. And she put the clips from her like Snapchat experiment in it. And she's like pretending that her boyfriend is tickling her feet and like put like frosting on her face. It is the most cringe thing I've ever seen. But like, if I had just seen it, I probably would have believed it. I don't, I also don't know the veracity of this, but it's going around now that Jax from Vanderpump Rules is being accused of creating fake copycat accounts for his newborn baby so that he can get the baby (gasps) verified. You have to show that like other people are, there's a need for verification. I don't know if it's (gasps) true or not, but it it looks damning. That checks (laughs) out. What a creep. Do we know the baby name yet? I don't actually. I don't know that. I, <laughs> I know he's scamming, but not. <laughs> Jax oh, that baby's already ever a... scam everyone out of everything. Jax, my God. Jax is the most pathetic because he just like. He's disgusting. He, the number one just, guy in the he, group. He's the, the number one guy. Oh, he's so like, he oozes desperation related to age. I think that's the thing. Like, none of us want to age. But it's like the thing that he shows, not just fame, not just like money, but he's just like, dear God, I'm getting old. And it's like, that is really what he shines in. But can you imagine they bought a whole house in Valley Village and then they both got fired from their show and they have a kid. And how are they going to make money now? He also just got hit with like a bunch of tax liens, I believe. Like he owes like hundreds (laughs) of thousands of dollars. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Tax stuff too. Tax stuff you don't want to get mixed up in. That's like how the situation mm-hmm. ended up in prison with Billy McFarland. Mm. Were they, they in the same together? prison? Yes, they were. Apparently, they played basketball against each other and played Scrabble. Um, but then Billy got caught with a recording device and got like booted right out of there. He was making a podcast, right? Um, n- no. So he he just recently made a podcast from his new prison in Ohio. But he got kicked out of New York and sent to Ohio because they were doing a search of his cell one day and inside an empty cereal box that was like taped to the inside of his locker, there was this like spy pen that was really a USB and they like opened it up and found it. And he got sent to solitary confinement, I think, for like 90 days um, and lost like all his internet. Yeah. Wow. And so is that that 
piece, was that used to spy on people or for him to get information from the outside? Um, I'm not sure exactly how he used it. He claimed that it was to enable him to write his memoir, which he's like unironically calling Prometheus, God of Fire. Um, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also one of his things, right? Every time he gets caught doing something that he shouldn't be, he, and it's happened like three or four times now is that he says that it's so that he can make restitution to his victims faster. Like he cares so much about helping oh, out the yeah, people right. he already hurt. Yeah. I mean, he said that when he got caught stealing another hundred thousand dollars while he was out on bail for the first set of felonies, he said that again about this podcast that he did that got him sent back to solitary confinement. So he, he owes $26 million. He's not made any payments on it so far. Oh, my God. Oh, that checks out. That completely checks out. When you were working on the documentary and on the book, were there things that just completely shocked you about his story? Um, Yes and no. It was almost more how it was so not shocking to me that made me start doing the book. Um, you know, the fact that people considered him this tech genius because he'd managed to raise some money from investors in that realm. Like they didn't care whether he had an actual product or not. His, like he was thought of as successful because he had managed to elicit that money. Um, and the, you know, that checks out the fact that people thought that he was some, you know, startup mastermind who knew millennials because he made a fake black card that was popular for like a month. You know, he was a really good marketer and he was able to spin all these points into somehow being a resume. Um, and it seemed really emblematic of those industries in general, right? Like, was mm -hmm. he so brilliant or he just figured out how to like thrive in the scammy world? He was just the scammiest mm -hmm. of the scammy. I have two things to say. One is that Jax Taylor named his baby Cruz Michael Couchy. Couchy is his <laughs> real last name. Okay. We're going with Cruz, which is very popular for boys right now. So popular in the Real Housewives world. Too. Of course. Yes. Um, all over Dallas. There's like five cruises. <laughs> There's so many cruises. My mom even suggested it to me when I had my baby. She's like, why don't you go with cruise? I was like, oh, no, no, no. Not right now. Her baby is born with a birth certificate and a Bravo contract. If you name them cruise. Look at you researchers. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm loving this. So, so exciting. This is like a master class. <laughs> So, okay, your documentary did not have Billy McFarland in that in it, correct? Yes. And was that a conscious choice? And why did you decide not to have him in? Um, well, I I was just one of the producers on it. I think the director's choice was, first of all, um, no, he it's was... yours. It's your whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, I need to scam while it's all you. you know, it's all you. He wasn't really like trying to deal with me because I was also the reporter that was investigating him and writing all these articles at the same time. So I would not say we had a collegial relationship. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it seemed like he was trying to pit the two documentaries against each other. Um, I don't know whether it's true or not, but he told our director that he had been paid $250,000 for his interview and, you know, what were we going to give him? And then the other thing was we had so much footage, like contemporaneous footage of him doing all these scams, not just Fire Festival, doing the follow-up scam where he stole all this money from the original yeah. fire victims, um, that it was like almost superfluous. Like, like you could see him doing it in real time. So, so you're like, we don't even need you. <laughs> Stupid. Kinda. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> was obsessed with this idea of making documentaries about himself. They had all these pitches of how they were going to, they wanted to make a fire documentary before there was even an idea for the fire festival. They were making up pitch decks and that kind of thing. So they fucking, sorry, they filmed everything. Okay. Oh, <laughs> like, we, we cuss like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is a nighttime podcast, you know. It's it is a nighttime podcast. Okay. That's oh, yeah. so um like 
psychotic or not the word. Just What's like, the word? Psychotic. Psychotic. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, be like, I want cameras following me at all times. I don't know. It's funny. The judge, um, when announcing his sentence, actually said something to that effect. She like challenged. He had to do um, like a psychiatric evaluation that he presented mm. as part of his pre-sentencing report. And she basically, in so many words, was like, I don't necessarily believe that you're not like a, a psychopath or a sociopath, uh, but, you know, let's just move on. And it was the weirdest aside. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, I will never forget I it. I like how she's like, I'm not stupid, you guys. We're dealing with a full-blown asshole, but let's continue with the case. Like, she just had to get that out there. Exactly. <laughs> record. What's your relationship like with your subjects of the people that you cover? Like, do you have to scam them into talking to you? Do they w- not want anything to do with you? How does that work? Um, some people don't. And, you know, you kind of have to accept it or figure out a way. You know, sometimes there are reasons I would accept anonymous comments. Um but, you know, for the most part, people really do want to tell their story. Um, and so I'm lucky mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I can act as the conduit for that. You know, the people who are being accused of crimes, not so much, but the people that witnessed it, um, who want, you know, the full story out on the record tend to be willing to talk. So not much scamming involved there. Although, um, you know, sometimes like following a subject from an alternate Instagram account can be helpful. You know, you don't want to mm-hmm. alert them that you're watching that kind of thing. Hell yeah, that's smart. Speaking of which, um, we are blocked by Caroline Calloway. I read that you <laughs> yes. two were blocked by Caroline Yes, Calloway. it's an elite club. <laughs> it is. It's a club I'm proud to be a part of. Um, how did that happen for you um, that I- she blocked you? I don't think I ever reached out to her directly. I think I reached out to her people and expressed that I was writing about it and looking for comment on certain things. And then like the very next day, they all blocked me. Amazing. Does that feel good? It does. But, you know, it's kind of an empty statement when you have a public Mm. account, you know? (laughs) Right. Because you can just go in your other account and follow her. That's what we do. Although luckily there is... This Reddit keeping all these receipts, you don't even have to be a daily watcher. Like people are holding her to account, which is what is she up to today? Is it Small Bean Snark? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually interviewed a couple of people on that forum kind of about what drew them to her. It, it's it, people watch it like they're watching a reality show and they keep the receipts mm-hmm. and discuss their favorite characters. Why do you think it is? She's so interesting to people because she keeps getting away with it. Right. Like mm-hmm. she's, she keeps selling things. And at this point she has to know or, or should know that she's not able to follow through on them. Like you can't claim that like, Oh, she had good intentions. Like how many books has she sold now that she just straight up has not written and she keeps taking people's money for it. I mean, on the one hand, you like almost have to like applaud the chutzpah, but then on the other, it's Mm -hmm. like, again, really? Mm -hmm. No. But Billy did that too. It sort of, it just is so parallel to that, that Billy's always like, I do think as you were saying, there's, this, they do believe their own hype. You know, I'm sure she's like, but this book's going to be different, but this book's going to be different. And then when they can't finish it, they're like, ah, add it to the list. Maybe like that sort of, (laughs) it's what I do, guys. Like maybe that comes after (laughs) the hype they 
do. I don't know. Well, Put it on the 26 million. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that point, but yeah, I mean, that's got themselves on the back. She, yeah. Those parallels are how she came to my attention in the first place. I had all these Google alerts set for the fire festival. And all of a sudden, all of the fire festival stories were about Caroline and this like doomed um, creativity tour that she had been planning. And, you know, I was getting these like hilarious updates from uh, Kaylee Donaldson's thread. And it was just like, this is a mini fire festival. And, you know, the fact that she kept recreating Billy's path, you know, following up scam after scam was just a, an added storytelling bonus. Yeah. Speaking of which, and I didn't realize this, Anna Delvey was friends with Billy McFarlane? Yes. So, and scammed him. Yeah. <laughs> according to the New York Post, she he had opened, um, like, basically he wanted to throw a bunch of parties. So he created a company that catered to millennials that would host exclusive events for its members so he could sell tickets to parties. Um, and she moved into a loft, the loft space that he had been using for it, and just stayed there. Wow. So she scammed him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a scamception. She's amazing. (laughs) She's so amazing. And now she's getting booted. (laughs) No, she's out of jail. She, I think, is filming a documentary. She's living a good life. No, I read she's she's in ICE custody now. Oh. Oh, she's in ICE right now? I I mean, double check this, but yeah, I I read the headline Mm -hmm. to that effect at least. Where's she going to get her hair done there? I know. (sighs) I can't believe her hair was her undoing. That is such an embarrassing (laughs) thing for a woman. I'm going to be like, we could tell because her hair looked crappy. But you know what? I think that also kind of helped in like that Mark Zuckerberg, like I won't wear a suit kind of yes. way. It was like she had transcended having good hair. Like she had the <laughs> yeah. fuck you kind of money that like you don't even have to think about it. Like people are going to have to look past it. So Yeah, but you can never say fuck you to hair. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> hair will <laughs> really do you in. I had a boss like that who he was the head of this agency and he wore sweatpants every day and grew his hair out really long and grew the biggest beard it's just like it's like i don't have to play by your rules man <laughs> that's what that is Hello, team of Amazing Scam listeners i have a quick question is anyone else having trouble sleeping i have been waking up super early, randomly, like two or three, and then I can't get back to sleep. And then I'm exhausted the rest of the day. I think it's because you name it, politics, life, uh, the K-drama I'm into. It's just all happening. And there's a lot on our brain. And also sleeping on a terrible mattress is not going to help you. Luckily, Sue and I just got an upgraded mattress and I got an incredible pillow. So whenever I have a tough night's sleep, I switch out my pillow. It's a dream. And it's all from Helix Mattress. We're so lucky. And we want to tell you guys all about them. Helix has this great sleeping quiz that it takes two minutes to complete. So it matches your body type and sleep preferences for the perfect mattress for you. I mean, I don't want to sleep on a mattress that's better for somebody else. (laughs) With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will perfectly fit the way that you sleep. Everyone's unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different types of mattress models that you can choose from. They have soft, medium, or firm. They also have a mattress that's great for cooling if you're a hot sleeper or Helix Plus for plus-size people. I took the Helix quiz and I was matched with the most perfect pillow. I am a side 
stomach sleeper. And it is the most comfortable thing. I also got, they threw in one for my husband. So we're both sleeping really, really well, which is lovely. Besides, I used to not be able to find the right pill, be fluffing it, be adjusting it. And it just was a mess. So if you're looking for a mattress, if you're looking for another way to help you get a great night's sleep, take the quiz, order the mattress that you're matched to. The mattress comes right to your door, ship for free, and you don't have to go physically out to the mattress store, which is so key right now. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix is awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired magazine. Oh, you guys, it's the best. Just go to helixsleep.com slash scamwow and take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free, which is great. 100 nights, you know, you could be a whole new person by 100 nights. You can really see if it matches with all your multiple personalities. They will even pick it up for you if you don't like it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash scam wow. That's helixsleep.com slash S-C-A-M-W-O-W. I cannot wait for you guys to have such incredible sleep. Sweet dreams. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I also was interested in your book. You talked about this Instagrammer, this one that I've never heard of, which of course I'm like, oh shoot, I, you know, I'm old. I don't know anything. 
Danielle Bernstein. Oh, I wanted to ask you about her too. I can never unravel this story. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And and you said it was a scam, so I'm so curious. Can you take us through it? Yeah. Um. So Danielle was someone who I like knew of from Instagram. Like you said, we wore what, and I had you know her aesthetic would immediately pop into my head. Um. And she had been posting about how she had been invited to the fire festival and invited to be one of the influencers, but she saw through it and you know was never going to put her followers through something like that. And so I was super intrigued. I was working on, you know, what would eventually become this book. And I wanted to know what had tipped her off and like why she had eluded, you know, this fate that captured so many other influencers. Yeah. And so, I mean, the short answer was that she thought it was like harmful for her brand. And she, you know, she called like Kaiga's wife or some uh, DJ's wife and they were like, no, this isn't real. And so she was like tipped off kind of early on. But so she had agreed to do an interview with me and she was going to be like my influencer guide through this world to like tell me how to how they do it. Um, Little did I know that she had been being accused credibly by all these small brands of actually stealing their designs and then presenting it as her own. So she's sitting on this her own mountain of allegations that have, I think, recently really started to pile up. But she um, said absolutely she would do the interview um, if I would come and do her podcast. And I was like, sure, why not? So I went over to her house. Like I, you know, it was a great like sociological exploration of like Instagram versus reality. Um, Yeah, I love that. And then when it- What was it like? What was it like? Oh, it was exactly like being on her Instagram page. It was beautifully decorated. She had assistants, you know, milling around, doing everything. They made sure I had water and was comfortable. Um, One of her French bulldogs, like- started humping my leg and I was too scared to say anything because she does not edit her podcasts. Um, Her podcasts have all since been pulled down ever since last summer when clips of her questioning why uh, as, you know, a college student, she had to learn Native American history started going viral. Um, So that episode has now been deleted. But to make a long story short, when it came time for her to do the interview with me, um, she pulled out and was like, actually, I'm so sorry. I'm writing my own book, so I can't do that. (gasps) Um, And then, you know, like three months later, slid right back into my inbox, like so sweet. Like, hey, we would love to adapt this for film. Like, is there, do you have any thoughts for me? Can you connect me with anyone? (laughs) I did not. Um, But... And that was kind of the extent of it. And then all of these allegations started coming out about the way that she deals with people and the way that she treats people. And I just realized this gap between the persona that she presents on Instagram and the experience with the real person uh, felt very similar to, you know, a lot of the fire Festival itself and, you know, what these influencers were portraying versus what they were actually selling and so on and so forth. So her main crime crime is that she steals designs and sells them as her own, but then also she's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> there was um, like a story that came out from this girl who uh, would go to like Salvation Armies and then sell on Poshmark. She's like a Poshmark bulk seller. And one day, I guess Danielle had like del- donated samples of her bathing suit line and and had meant to but this girl bought them and basically she um you know threatened to have this girl 
kicked off Poshmark. It was her only stream of income. If she wouldn't return all the items to her, she'd done this photo shoot that cost a lot of money and like paid all this money to have it uploaded. But Danielle wouldn't reimburse her and was kind of using her status to bully her. There's just a lot of similar stories. Um, but then if you go on her page, it's all let's support small businesses and mm-hmm. girl boss and just not at all reflective of the behind the scenes stories. I like female bosses, but I hate girl boss. It's a red flag, I think. It's a red flag. It was cute for five seconds. And then I was like, ooh, Mm-mm, <laughs> this is actually used cult. really to be, yeah, <laughs> turns out you're a cult. <laughs> Sounds like an MLM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I was interested too that you talk about this way of buying and purchasing and sort of like finagling with brands that influencers develop their spiel. Like we were just talking about how you have to prove that other people are trying to, you know, usurp your account and that's why you need to be verified. But then also at the same time, I feel like influencers are going out after these brands and you've said like asking to borrow or show products to then show that they're fancy. Can you talk about that? Like the bizarre Instagram world, or I guess also TikTok and everything. Yeah. I mean, I always think of, there was some hotel, I think in like Ireland or something that went viral because they listed some of these like really cringy emails that influencers were sending them trying to get free products and promising to, you know, use their influence to send people there. And like it, in a lot of cases, it really doesn't result in direct sales. There was an example in the book of an Instagrammer with like an obscene following who started a t-shirt line and they had to shut the whole thing down because not enough people even placed orders to make a pre-sale worthwhile. Um, Wow. Yeah. But the thing that I found super interesting wasn't the people that are trying to scam advertisers out of products, um, but rather the people that are trying to scam their followers into thinking that they have endorsement deals. So they are making up fake ads that they're not getting paid for and posting them just to seem like they're part of that echelon. Yeah. So they'll put like hashtag ad and it's not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. That happened during the fire Festival when all those influencers started posting the Orange Square. People who weren't involved, who didn't have deals, who weren't getting anything for it also started posting the square because they didn't want to seem like they weren't part of it. Like that group wow. think is very real. That's so dumb because you get paid so much money for that. Why would you just give it away? I don't know. I guess that they're hoping that they can sort of like, it's almost like a collection of sorts. They have the orange square, then they have a couple of these fake ads. And then when they they can try to get verified that way, or they can then go to other businesses to kind of build up their profile. But it's so funny because a lot of these fake, like when you buy the fake followers, which... Full disclosure, we have done, of course. Yeah, we did a scam wow experiment. We're like, what happens if we buy them? Yeah. I did (laughs) I did a loop giveaway for my dog's Instagram account just to see what would happen. What's that? What's a loop giveaway? Oh, so this is when like um Scott Disick like posts a thing where it's like follow everyone I'm following and you can be entered into this raffle to win like a Louis Vuitton bag or like a thousand dollars cash. So the people that he's following, he's getting paid by a company. And those people have all paid anywhere between like $300 and $6,000 to be on the list. And how much you pay determines how long you stay on the list. And here's the scammy thing. They are constantly changing who the follow list is. So there's really no way as someone who's trying to enter it to actually follow all the rules. I mean, I assume they must 
give it away to someone, maybe they're not. Um, But it's certainly not based on following the rules of these giveaways. But it's crazy because like people started following and they were instructed to engage with her account. So all of a sudden I'm getting all these comments about how cute she is. And people are like talking to the dog directly through Instagram. And you kind of forget for a second that like, oh, I bought this. It's like, oh, people are genuinely interested. Like how touching. I didn't know you could buy that. That's wild. We're going to buy it. (laughs) We're going to try it. (laughs) We should do it. It's just so funny because like Instagram is so bizarre to us in the sense of that we do really love it as a tool because we can connect with our followers. and People will send us links and stuff like that. But at the same time, it means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has no say in our lives. The thing is, people can check to see like what percentage of your followers are real or not. But I don't think people do check. I think it's something that like at the last minute you check if you're on the Reddit thread and you're given a red flag and you go in. But I think things go so quickly. Like, as you're saying, like people are picking up their phone every 15 minutes. Like people are just crushing through this stuff that they're not taking time to really fact check. Yeah. You kind of look for the signifiers and you don't really look that much deeper than that, right? If they're verified, you don't think twice about it. If they have a bunch of followers, you know, maybe if they have like 10 likes per picture, you would think something, but I don't know. I don't think if you're not deeply involved in this world, like the ratio isn't going to make much sense to you. Like you kind of just assume. I just learned that like the screenshots that influencers are putting in their stories of like questions that people are asking them or like text messages they're getting are often they just sent it to themselves. Really? That makes sense. I have thought that. I have thought that. That's never occurred to me. And it's genius. Mm -hmm. Because they always they always hide the name or like block it out. And yeah, a lot of them are not genuine. They texted themselves. It's so much work. I mean, it's just an incredible amount of work. I feel like you'd have to have a team, somebody doing it for you, with you, or you just don't sleep or you don't communicate to anybody in your life because you're spending time creating these like fake accounts. Yeah. Um, Is do you have a favorite Internet scam that you've covered or one that you're just completely fascinated by? Um, yeah. I think one of my favorites, I forget the girl's name now. Actually, there's two. Um, there was one group where they, it was like a, a group of people that wanted to shoot a movie, um, but didn't have a budget for it. So they went to a hotel and pretended they staged an engagement. And so they got free extras because everyone in the hotel like wanted to celebrate them. And they got free props because somebody bought them a bottle of champagne and, you know, their room was like comped or heavily discounted. Um, and so they were able to stage this music video without spending very much money at all, just by fooling all the people around them. Uh, but then the other is an influencer who wanted to stage a trip to Bali, like a fake trip. So she went to an Ikea showroom and took all these pictures in their different setups and completely fooled her following with it. Wow. Yeah. That's that is so good. <laughs> and then I think a classic one is um, Uba Butler, who was a vice writer, turned uh, their shed into like the top rated restaurant on TripAdvisor by like gaming the algorithm and had people clamoring to get seats. I think I think they served like one night serving that was like, you know, no. in their backyard. Oh yeah. And there's a that whole. That is so brilliant. smart. 
See, I think that's so smart. I think like when they're you're in on it, when you are gaming the system, I I think that's so interesting. The thing that drives me crazy is when you see I actually have this. I know this person in my community who's trying very hard to be an influencer. It's not working because she's a shit person. <laughs> but um, so, Gabrielle, I wrote a book about my experience with BRCA and during it, like in the BRCA community, I'm sort of like a person in there. And I did a documentary and it went really well. And so like girls reach out to me. So this girl is um trying to be famous in this community by providing absolutely nothing to the world, like absolutely nothing. She has pre-viver girl. Oh, so pre-viver is that you have a high risk of breast cancer because of genetic mutation. It's a term, a medical term that was created by a group of women in force. Um, and it, I'm of Ashkenazi Jewish descent and we have a high risk of breast cancer and all these things. And we're called, they coin it pre-vivers, which is like before a breast cancer survivor. Anyway, so. I did a documentary, wrote a book. Like we, I go speak in conferences, and she creates groups that go do Soul Cycle together. <laughs> <laughs> and I met with her because she has a ton of followers from all of this. I think she's bought a ton. And I said to her, I was like, "How do you get all these like candid pictures?" She's like, "Oh, I just set up my camera and take like thousands of photos, and you got to do what you got to do." And oh I was my like, "God, you provide." nothing like nothing and she's just if you see her account so you'll you'll love it like but trying to be an influencer based on this horrible health yeah based on something that like nobody genuinely nobody wants to join the club of like a risk of high risk of breast cancer and so you want the people i talk to it's to get help to get advice to get like coaching like how do we work with this pain she's trying to 100% just get famous and shows like her weird fake boob scars which like to be sexual and she keeps saying like scars are sexy and it's like no you're just <laughs> using it as a uh. currency to be sexualized and like fine but don't you dare make this very sad dependent community like I don't know. It's crazy. I hate her so much and she's so dumb. That was a tangent. <laughs> she is stupid. Thank you. Literally hate her so much. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. Oh, she's trying to get verified. Ah. <laughs> she should really choose some kind of other influencer to be. Like, ugh, don't be a cancer influencer. You have to be really shameless, I think, to dominate the influencer game. It's like, it's not, an, the, the skill is it be, is that it's not a natural way of being, but these people make yes. it seem so easy. And then the people who show the work are the ones who are never going to succeed at it. Right. That's exactly perfect. And your book, you talked to a psychologist about that. And can you just tell me a little bit about what the psychologist said about, um, the effect of like the hype and the social media on our on our brains and on society? Well, I mean, they've been charting like levels of anxiety and unhappiness and loneliness in people's brains. And it really started to spike when social media jumped off of computers and onto phones. And we were like constantly engrossed in it. And it has become like a part of our lives. And I, per I mean, I personally think that there's been this really negative effect in that um, when you're scrolling through Instagram, your friends look the exact same as brands, as influencers, like it's all flattened into this same experience. Yeah. Um, and you know, same filter even. <laughs> yeah. And, and that means, you know, a whatever percentage of it is like fake and, you know, created just to spark an emotion in you. And that takes like a real toll, um, whether that is, you know, loneliness or FOMO or, uh, you know, that kind of like negative affect. Um, 
and it like really hooks your brain to the point where I'm sure everyone's had the experience. Like if you're waiting in line, like you take your phone out. Like we are very Pavlovian in our response to emotions like boredom or, you know, things like that, where you want to fill that gap. And we have learned to use our phones uh, rather than live with the silence, I think. It has like a, it has a bad effect. I deleted Instagram off my phone. And for like weeks afterwards, I would find myself opening up the random app that had slid over to take its space on the home screen. And I'd be looking at it like, why did I just open this? Like it wasn't even a conscious response. And that really scared me. That's so interesting. You should move your apps around and see if you just like what you go to naturally. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's horrifying. It's <laughs> yeah. very scary. Like especially how many times it happened. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's so tough. It is so tough. Um, What was something that you, when you wrote this book, you came out of it and you were like, thank God I know this and thank God I'm not like somebody hoodwinked into all this stuff. Um, I think, you know, I was kind of shocked by, I talked to like a plastic surgeon who is responsible for a lot of the, you know, the, the style that we've come to know is like Instagram face or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and he was saying that like, first of all, you can't really trust what you're seeing on these people because they are Photoshopping or they're having things done and lying about it. You know, Kylie pretending that she was overlining her lips for, for months, um, but they also are photoshopping their own results and it's really difficult for them to call each other out because it's like so hard to prove the plastic surgeon yeah like their before and after <sighs> pictures are no. photoshopped not all of them obviously but some of them are and, and it's next to impossible they are, right? they think, yeah to like make a complaint about that as a doctor who sees it's happening because you have to like find the original photo and make a case to the medical board and it's a whole thing. But then also a lot of these procedures that they're offering, and I think he said specifically a lot of lasers are suspect, um, but they don't do anything. And the doctors know they don't do anything, but (gasps) because they are marketed so well on social media, they have clients calling up asking for it. So they just get it because there's a demand. Um, Not everyone again, obviously, but enough that it's an issue. Wow. You know, it's so crazy. I'm on a mom group and we're talking about uh, melasma. Is that the word? Uh, like yeah. the, the, okay. So it's basically like, instead of a freckle, it's like a larger freckle that it's like a darkening of your skin that you get with age and you get it after you have kids. <laughs> basically, yeah. It's like the beauty of kids ruining your life. <laughs> so I was on this mom group and multiple times on this group, they've said, I spent so much light money on lasers and fractals and all these things. But this one product, it's a cream. It's a topical cream is the only thing that worked for me. And it's a pain in the ass, but you have to get it through your dermatologist. And then I went on an Amazon site and other women said about other dark spot correctors. I tried all of these lasers, all of these facial treatments. I wasted all my money and this dark spot corrector helped more than that. So I've actually seen that reported in reviews of over-the-counter products. Mm -hmm. You mean the same wording? The The same wording that Women have, in comments of pages I followed, women have mentioned that specific lasers, and I don't know the exact names of them. I, it's like some fractal something, something that like supposed to break up. Yeah. Yeah. I want it. Up. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple people have said, I've spent thousands of dollars on these laser treatments and they've done absolutely nothing. And I've used like one or two products and these products have been better because apparently the topical, there are topical solutions that really work. But I was now hearing you say that I've I've heard lots of women saying they've spent all this money on lasers and it's not working because 
sounds like it doesn't well, work. Well, no, my mind is blown. I'm firmly team laser. <laughs> Me too. I'm firmly team laser. Wow. I mean, I think wow, if wow, you wow. have if you have a doctor that you trust and they're recommending it to you, you know, that's one thing. Like, give it a try. But if you are going to them saying, I heard about this, I want to try it, that might sure. be, you know, cause to reconsider. I mean, I feel this way about a lot of skincare, right? Like, a lot of these companies, like, what you really need is a dermatologist to tell you what you need and not yourself to go and decide it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that really shocked me was the Sunday Riley scam. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. Oh, um, they got in a bunch of trouble. Well, they settled with the SEC without actually admitting any wrongdoing, but they were accused of teaching their employees how to um, connect to Sephora through VPNs, virtual private networks, that would allow them to bypass Sephora's fraud detectors because it would hide that they were all coming from the same IP address so that they could leave glowing reviews about <gasps> their skincare products on the Sephora website, which was, you know, I'm impressed. Bizarre. <laughs> That's so intense. That's so intense for a That's company. So like, you shady. know, they sent like a a company-wide email like hey guys this is what we do like that's they did it was cited in the sec report and again this (laughs) is all allegedly they did not admit any wrongdoing but the evidence that was in an sec report yeah (laughs) but i fell for it i read those sephora reviews and i bought sunday riley and it did nothing (laughs) wow what product did you buy i bought so many i bought good jeans i bought um Ugh, there were like three different products I bought and I was just, I hated them because I read so Gabrielle, many reviews. Say, your skin's gorgeous. <laughs> your Thank skin you. Is gorgeous. Yes. It's gorgeous. I will buy whatever you're selling. <laughs> Wait, Gabrielle, I have a real question to like sort of wrap this up, but I also have a question that's not a real question, but I just want to know. I saw on Instagram that um, Leah from Real Housewives and Kat Marnell were at your book party. Are you friends with them? That's so cool. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I knew Kat through media and then interviewed Leah for the book um, because she had come up in the streetwear world and dealt with Supreme and was actually sued by Supreme for $10 million. What? Wow. The funny and scammy thing about that. So she had done a t-shirt that was playing on Supreme's box logo, but her said Supreme bitch and, you know, Kate Moss wore it and all these cool people. I think Rihanna had it. Um, and then Supreme tried to sue her, but Supreme stole their logo from the artist Barbara Kruger. So it's everyone, you know, oh. at least Leah's was irreverent and t- tongue-in-cheek like oh i'm co-opting someone else's co-op like supreme stole all of that um so she was i didn't realize that a great interview for the book and like the coolest person like i love her on the show and i'm genuinely enamored with her in person oh that's so good to hear (laughs) she seems fun she lives up to the hype for sure oh my my god that's so fun (laughs) <laughs> so after doing all this research and writing this book, what do you think is real on the internet? And what do you <laughs> Yeah, what's real? It seems like everything is fake. Um, I will say over over this last year of pandemic, I really changed who I follow and why and what. So I stopped following a lot of brands. I stopped following a lot of influencers. And I've been following just like weird, fun accounts, like a lot of memes. Um, mm-hmm. And then this one account that is just like two guys, I think they're maybe in Poland or something, but they just go out in the forest. You only ever see their hands and they just cook things over an open fire, like everyday things you would make. <laughs> 
but I in love the this. forest. And they have like big knives and stuff. And it's very like um, ASMR. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm learning to like make the algorithm work for me, which has been nice. I love that. I love that. And then That's do so you funny. think that there's any way to regulate all this scamminess on social media? You know, I don't think so. I think it's going to come to have to come down to us changing the way that we relate to and think about these apps. Um, otherwise, you know, there's going to be another fire festival for sure. Right. That checks out. That checks out. Well, it's so exciting. I'm so excited for your book launch. It's amazing. Yeah. And come back anytime. If you have a like juicy story that you're dying to talk to with somebody about, you're always welcome on. Well, if you guys ever want to do like a follow up, I had like a big scammer story in the Times yesterday about this woman who stole Jason Kidd's ex-wife's um, identity. And she stole like $1.4 million from this family, including from their kids' college funds. And it turns yes, out she's been stealing identities <laughs> since the 70s. So like down to chat about that whenever. Oh yes. My gosh, yes. <laughs> I want to do that. We'll set it up. Okay. We'll set it up. Yeah, I know. I'm sure this week you're like super booked, but it's so nice and so excited. We got to like chat with well, you. Well, no, yes, this is great. Sure. First of all, it does feel like chatting with friends. Um, I'm also like a night <laughs> owl. So everyone wants to do okay. things before Perfect. 10 a.m. And like my brain's not even going yet. So this is wonderful. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. It was amazing. All right. I'll talk <laughs> to you soon. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Gabrielle, thank you so much. Gabrielle, thank you so much. Wow, that was amazing. We have a new BFF at the ScamWow world. You guys, you have to grab her book. There's a link in our bio. And it's exactly what we've been talking about for years. It's really fun. Yeah, and it's smart. She's very smart, very well-researched and well done. So smart, so cool. And for the record, she has great hair. The best hair. That needs to be said. Yeah, it does. That need needs to be, to be pointed out. That hair is not easy because that's maintain. a value to yeah, us. She's very no, and that's not some shit Anna Delvey hair. That is like look very good. I care about my hair. She's a very classy blonde. Guys, get her book now. It's already hit bookstores, books online sellers, wherever you get your books. Grab it. You're going to be obsessed with it. It's called hype. It is so much fun, and um, ugh, it's all the great scams that we love and we've been talking about. The juiciest, the juiciest. scams. And if you have personal experience with Billy McFarlane and Anna Delvey and anything, you know, scams you want to talk about, you can email us at scamwallpodcast.gmail.com. And if you want to call us because you know I love a phone call, you can call our hot tip hotline at 347-509-9414. Plus, I want to do one quick shout out. Guys, I have been using the (gasps) Walida and it's changing my life. It is not a scam. Okay. I was going to say in the intro, but then I was like, we talk about this so much. I better not say anything. We talk about it. I got the Willeda body butter in the green tub. It's amazing. It's so good. (gasps) Guys. So when we had Lauren Adams on, and I think even Lydia Hensler, we talked about the Willeda skin food that is a dupe for creme de la mer. Yeah. It's in the green tube. So I'm, I'll put a link in it. I have the light nourishing cream. There might be a heavier one, but the light's really working for me. And I used to do creme de la mer because I saw a crazy J-Lo thing when I was like in high school and I was like, you know, she's rich, she's fancy, that's what I want. But this is wonderful. But I've also been pairing it with a vitamin C serum and it has been working. And we talked about it with Cultish with Amanda last week. And also, guys, no one's seeing my face. So I'm doing all of this for just for us. Thank you. half of my face is constantly covered. Guys, thank you so thank much. You. And, you know, that 
that little taste of mwah, uh, skincare is what you'll hear on all of our Patreons. <laughs> Gotta have a taste of skincare. We're just incredibly candid. Gotta have a taste of snails. Gotta have that snail shit in your face and taste it. Um, also, message us about entering back into the real world because it's, it's yes. scary. And is the real world a scam? Maybe. <laughs> I don't trust it. I like the little world I created in my brain at home. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.